And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 128 of The Drop Set. We are here, we are back, it is Monday, we are back into our two-episode per week uh, habit, which is good. I like that. Um, I got to tell you, uh, last Friday's episode, I really kind of enjoyed that. It was fun. Um, having uh, having Dina pop on to talk about the vacation was cool. I got a lot of good feedback from her. I think she's probably more popular than I am. I can take it. It's okay. I don't have too much of an ego about this. Um, she is a little bit more uh, witty, a little bit more dry as well, which if that's your thing, yeah, you're going to be biased towards her. Uh, and she had an idea for a recurring segment which I'm like, hey, you know what? This could be me just grabbing a shovel to start digging my own grave. But at the same time, um, I am not above epic levels of self, self-deprecation in order to entertain you. And uh, if that can help increase uh, the audience for this show, so be it. So her suggestion was, hey, you know what? You should have your listeners call in and ask questions about you that I can answer. And so if they want like the honest to God answer about something that's not filtered through your own, you know, uh, lens of self-preservation and making yourself look cool, I'll give people the straight answer. And so I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a terrible idea. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So, uh, unleash your worst, bring it on. I won't filter anything. Uh, and so, Ask what you like, and she will give you the answer that uh, that she wants to give you. And if that answer is, that's a dumb question, she'll tell you that. So um, she is not one to really filter much herself. So um, there you go. So the phone lines, as always, are open. 865-518-2974. If you have a question for Dina, bring it on. Let's hear it. And... I'm already a little nervous about where this could potentially go. This could either be the worst thing that I've ever done or one of the coolest. And I think it's probably like about a 90-10 chance either way. Probably about a 90% chance it's one of the worst things I've ever done. Um, but hey, you know what? It is now in your hands and hers to some extent. So that does kind of terrify me a little bit. So yeah, there you go. Anything you want to know about me, um, not, not answered by me. She, uh, she's your source. So 865-518-2974. Or if you have a question for me, uh, you know, I'm still fielding those as well. And we have a bunch of those on tap today. So we are going to get right to it. I have nothing else on my agenda that I want to cover here. Well, hold on. Let me just think about that for a second. What happened over the weekend? Something happened. Oh yeah. So, uh, a couple of my clients had shows. Yeah. So, um, uh, first up was Francisco and th- this was a, uh, this was a, oh boy, a, an interesting experience from me. First of all, it was a very strange weekend in that, yeah, I had a couple clients doing shows. That's no big deal. Both of the shows were a little unusual. So, um, Francisco, if you want to check him out, um, you can find him on Instagram. He is evolved underscore legacy on Instagram. So you can check him out there. He's got some pictures posted. Um, his story was like blowing up over the weekend. He was posting a lot of stuff in there, just keeping everybody up to date on how things were going hour by hour. Um, I'll be sharing a little bit of his stuff uh, later on as well. So um, 
he did for his first show, and he came to me. I should check this out really quick. How long did we prep for this show? It uh, it was a little a uh, little shy of a full prep. It was. Hold on, one moment, please. One moment. This is where I would normally edit this out, but nope, not gonna do it. Uh, we started back here. We started in March for this. It wasn't a super short prep. It was it was four, a fourteen week prep. So, um, and it. Uh, it, it it went really well. I mean, he came and he was already, you know, he had a, a good degree of conditioning already. And he, he showed up and, you know, getting on stage at this show, it was, uh, he, he was a little undersized. Um, you know, there wasn't much we could do about that. Uh, now the, the goal is to, to grow a little bit, but I was really, really pleased with the level of conditioning we were able to bring to this show. And, uh, his presentation was good as well. Um, so really, I mean, just really good balance. He's got a really good look for men's physique for a first show, getting that under his belt. Um, this show, it was in the Houston area. I don't know if it was exactly in Houston, but it was somewhere around there. It was an unsanctioned show. So it was not an NPC show. It was not sponsored by any sanctioning body or organization. And so usually when those happen, my experience has been that they are something that looks like it's run out of somebody's garage. And there's like four people that show up. And <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay, why did I pay an entry fee for this? What? But this show was a little bit different. Um, I don't know what the facility was, but for all the world, it looked like a, it was in an auditorium somewhere. Uh, for an unsanctioned show, he said there were 275 competitors. Uh, so in his men's physique class, there were 13 guys in there. So he got the first call out and uh, ended up taking six. So at the back end of the first call out, I was really pleased with that though, because it was a really competitive class. And I'm just thinking, I've never seen an unsanctioned show with close to 300 people in it. Crazy, crazy. Um, and it's kind of interesting that even an unsanctioned show that can reinvent how a bodybuilding show is done any way they see fit, uh, because you have no sanctioning body to kowtow to. You know, you don't like the NPC's rules? Well, here you go. This is not an NPC show. You can make up your own rules as you see fit. They still stuck with a prejudging finals format, which I think is just a disaster of a way to run a show. And the fact that I think probably like 85% of all bodybuilding shows are run that way is just disgusts me. It's a terrible way to run a show. It's just a horrible disservice to the people competing in it and to the people who want to attend and cheer on their friends and family. It's just stupid. It's a horrible way to run a show. None of that takes away from how Francisco did. I was really, really pleased with uh, with the level of conditioning that we brought. Six out of 13, I'll take it. You know, a, a little small, and now we know, okay, we're going into a growth phase, so we're going to work on that. Uh, now, similarly, um, then Sunday, <laughs> uh, Paul stepped up on stage in the UK. So that was an interesting experience, him being five hours ahead of me, and uh, so it kind of changed the way that we did peak week a little bit, especially like going into show day. So it was very much a situation of like, okay, by the time you need to know what to do in the morning, uh, it's going to be like two in the morning here. I'm going to be awake. So, uh, and I would like to say like, hey, I'll be up in the morning. I sleep too hard to, to do anything like that. So we had to plan in advance. And so like Saturday came around, like, here's the plan for Sunday. We're going to go to that. You know, if we see this happen, I want to do this. But at that point we had it pretty much dialed in. We knew how his body was responding. We knew what we needed. He was taking the carbs really well. So um, we just kept that, kept the water low. Um, 
And uh, I was really, really pleased. We knew also, uh, you know, he's a, a natural guy going into a, a show that is not drug tested. So he knew, we knew he was going to be on the smaller side, and he was, and that's fine. Uh, his goal was to get up there and look like he belonged, and he did. And I think he, uh, from the photos that I saw, I think he his conditioning was on par with the, the best of those in his class, which was great. So I was really pleased with that. And so now, yes, once again, the goal is grow. And the lesson from this is... Um, you can you can lift and you can love lifting and you can you know be be hardcore about it but you know what everybody else on stage is as well and the question is who puts the most time into it and uh in, i mean genetics play a factor who's got the best work ethic both of those guys i'd put their work ethic up against anybody you know both of them they they tackled everything i threw at them and, and they didn't complain the whole time um did they get a little stressed at points sure i think that's human and it's very uncommon not to have that happen um but they both handled it like champs and so i'm really excited to see what we can do going forward as we try to grow there so that was really cool um so that was the weekend. What else happened over the weekend? I mean, Friday was when we checked in last. We recorded that. We did the travel log that nobody listened to. And then Saturday, what happened on Saturday? Oh, yeah. We went out for our anniversary dinner on Saturday, which was lovely. Um, we went to a steakhouse out here in Knoxville and um, made the most of it. One of those places where, you know, you can't buy a cheap steak, but we had a coupon there. So, like, eh, whatever, let's do it. So, um, that was fantastic. I posted a few pictures of that in my story on Instagram. So, that was a good time. So, um, and then yesterday was kind of a nothing day. Um, did a little music work, uh, a little bit of drum practice, a little songwriting stuff. Uh, yeah, it was good times. Good times, nice and relaxing for the most part. So, um, that's uh, that's it. So let's do this. Um, I have. Let me just check here. I have a backlog of nine messages we we need to go through here. So I'm going to uh, we're we're gonna get started on those. We're gonna see how far we get, and then we'll kind of take it from there. So in no particular order, uh, let's uh, let's start here and see what we got. Hey Darren, this is Tasha from Texas. I am calling because, well, first I hope that your vacation is going well and that you don't get the notification for this message <laughs> right away so that way you can still enjoy yourself. So I apologize ahead of time if you do. Uh, I had a question and I just didn't want to forget it. I'm curious of your take on the carb blockers, or excuse me, the uh, cheat meal supplements that I've been seeing which are quote like a carb blocker in a sense i know that i feel like i know what your first answer is going to be which is they're a bunch of garbage and they're snake oil but i'm really more curious about what uh what they're supposed to do and then i thought that when you have a cheat meal the point is is to have those flush of extra sodium, extra carbs, extra fats, like all those sorts of things. So why would someone want are having a cheat meal? Once again, hope that your vacation is going well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Tasha. Much appreciated. I, uh, I did get that, uh, uh, when I was on vacation, I did see the notification pop up. It's okay. <laughs> Don't sweat. I, I, uh, I told everybody I'm not responding to emails during my vacation. I did a couple times. I was in my email all the time because, you know, we're booking reservations here and there. I got to pull up my email to check it out. So I'd see stuff that shows up and, um, I, I, I saw a handful of emails like, Hey, I know you're on vacation. I just had this quick question. I'm like, delete. <laughs> 
delete. <laughs> so I said I wasn't going to be responding to stuff. Um, Anyway, uh, a really good question here, Tasha, so I appreciate it. And by the way, Tasha, I know I owe you some video feedback. Um, I am hoping that I will be able to get that to you possibly before you hear this. So it's maybe a moot point, but nonetheless, uh, I figured it was one worth making. So uh, great question. So um, carb blockers or cheat meal supplements, etc. Yeah, um, you know, you, you'll see these referred to as like the cheat pill or whatever. Um, if, if somebody is trying to be a little bit more clinical with it, they might call it a GDA or a glucose disposal agent, um, which makes it sound fancy. You're like, oh, okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you are assuming that I think that this is garbage, snake oil. Uh, it, it is correct. I have used these in the past, so I can say firsthand that I have never noticed that they do anything at all. Uh, if I take them for a couple weeks, um, religiously, um, and keeping everything else the same, do I notice that they do anything? No, no, nothing at all. Nothing at all. And, uh, I have, uh, worked with people in the past who have been, uh, affiliated with and were, uh, what's the word? Um, Oh, uh, not not sponsored, but you know, well, they they had some kind of a a marketing affiliation with companies who put out these supplements, and so they would post things like, "Hey, it's cheat meal night, and I never have a cheat meal without my blah 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 whatever," and then I hear from them uh, after check in, and you know, a whole whole mountain of evidence that tells me like, "Yeah, that doesn't do shit. It doesn't do anything at all." You still feel miserable. You feel guilty from it. Uh, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel, you know, I felt tired. I felt lethargic. I still gained a bunch of weight, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, it, these pills do not alter the laws of thermodynamics. And if you think there is a pill that is going to make everything that you eat go straight to the muscles instead of elsewhere in your body, it's ridiculous. And there are a lot of reputable prep coaches out there who push these things. And uh, it, it it's dumb. And the number of people who have succeeded without using these is ridiculous, phenomenal. I mean, they're not something that is commonly used, but I feel like uh, as we get deeper and deeper into the evolution of this current bodybuilding industry that they're in, that these are probably going to become more and more prevalent, um, as are many supplements that do nothing. Um, I've never noticed they do anything. Uh, I've had a load of evidence from clients who use them that supports that, yes, these do really nothing useful at all. Um, what are they supposed to do? So the idea is that they will act as kind of like a traffic cop for glucose um, as it gets entered into your system and it will shuttle it directly into the muscles as opposed to allowing it to be stored as fat, which is, um, what's the technical term for that? Bullshit. That's what they call that. Yes. Okay. Um, and isn't that the point of a cheat meal? Well, the, for me, the point of a cheat meal, I mean, yeah, if you're flat, it's going to help with fullness and you don't need a GDA to help with that. I mean, you know, if you are flat, you're going to get glycogen fullness in the muscles regardless of whether you're using a pill to help with that or not and if you're not flat you're going to get a little bit of uh of a bump in fullness but you're probably going to experience more uh body fat accumulation and a gda does not help mitigate that either so what does it do <clears throat> nothing uh it takes money out of your bank account i think is the most uh, notable effect that it has but as far as positive effects, no. I mean, what what is the point of a cheat meal or a refeed? I would say it's leptin management, uh, and uh, the GDA has absolutely no impact on that at all. 
nothing. It is not what it is designed to do. They will not claim to do that because it is a completely irrelevant thing. It's like saying, I drive my car to help cut my grass. That's not what it does. <laughs> it's not, yeah, you're, you're talking about completely different things there. So um, leptin management, you know, leptin being the hormone that regulates your metabolism. You've heard me say this before many times. Um, as you uh, run into deficit through diet or cardio, your leptin levels drop, meaning your metabolism slows down. We get a spike in it when you eat when you have a large meal or when you have a high-calorie day. So uh, that is the primary purpose of, uh, of a cheat meal. Um, the residual fullness that you get and the, um, the uh, break from just being deathly flat uh, in the muscle, that's a nice little bonus. That's not why we do it. It's a nice little ego boost. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in that period where you're flat and you're just kind of used to it, eh, yeah, it's nice to have a break and feel like, oh, man, I feel full for two hours here. This is cool. Um, that will go away as you work and you deplete glycogen stores and don't replenish them with more carbs. Uh, so, and again, a GDA won't help with that. But uh, that, that's the main idea of, of a cheat meal. So really good question, though, Tasha. Appreciate that. What do we have next? Hey, Darren. It's Aaron from Oklahoma. So my demo- demotivational coach story is the first time I decided that I wanted to do a show, I emailed a coach that I had been doing, like, his boot camp, and I said, I want to compete. And he said, okay, come see me tomorrow before boot camp, we'll get your measurements, and we'll talk. Next day, show up, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, nothing. And, like, he comes out, and he's like, oh, hey, and just walks off. I shrug it off because I was 20 and very dumb. And so after that, like, he sent me his template for meal plan stuff because this was during the time that meal plans were a thing. And after checking off everything that I do not eat and I would refuse to eat and sent it to him, a couple hours later, he sent me one back with foods that I did not and would not eat that I had already checked off. Shrugged it off, whatever, went about doing it, was trying to figure out, like, how to do training. Never, he never let me know. And... So I just started figuring it out on my own. Um, And since I was in school under kinesiology and wanted to be a trainer, I was like, well, this will be a good time for me to get experience in doing this. And then I had a classmate who said that he would do it for free. And after one conversation, I never heard from him again, was doing the same workout for like three months. And occasionally the first guy that I was, like, working, sort of working with, like, every month or so, he'd send me a new meal plan, which, for the most part, it was the exact same shit. Chicken, broccoli, rice, chicken, broccoli, rice, chicken, broccoli, rice, etc. You know, typical stuff. Well, so it comes time to the um, to peak week. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going off of everything that I found on the Internet. He sends me a meal plan for the week, and I just about cried because every single meal, six meals of the day, were chicken. And it was just heartbreaking because I was so fucking tired of chicken, right? Well, then show day comes. I still have no idea what I'm supposed to do, and he just acts like I'm, you know, nobody. 
basically what I've discovered since was because since I wasn't already a petite, small girl, he, um, he, he wanted nothing to do with me for competing, even though that if he had realized soon enough that I was willing to. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Aaron. That message got cut off. There's more of it, but I just wanted to interject here. So she called back and said, yeah, I got more. So we'll hear that in a second. Um, so, yeah, uh, th- this is one of the reasons why, first of all, I, I am and I am in the early stages of anticipating a, a big change in how I do coaching here, which is I think pretty soon, and really there, there's one thing that has to happen before this, pretty soon I'm not going to offer the option of meal plans anymore. Right now, if somebody signs up for me, I say, hey, do you want a meal plan or do you want to do macros? And if somebody do mac- says macros, I do a little fist bump, yes, and thank the gods. Um, and if somebody says meal plan, I do, oh, okay. Because it's not the act of writing the meal plan. Um, I mean, it is that, but it's the act of maintaining it and knowing that there's going to be meal plan fatigue. And like, well, how can I change this? And then all kinds of questions about substitutions. I'm like, we just need to learn how to do macros. So what I need to do is write up a very comprehensive, detailed macronutrient Bible for somebody that has no effing clue how to do it at all. So then I can just say goodbye completely to writing meal plans. Because realistically... Here's a funny note. In most states, it is illegal for somebody who is not a registered dietitian to write a meal plan, which means all prep coaches are operating outside the law. Um, funny little fact, there's your little knowledge drop for the day. Uh, yeah, so there, that is the, uh, it's uh, some, the, the <laughs> it, it's hard to imagine this, but there is a lobby for registered dietitians, and that lobby has uh, advocated for that. So how enforced is it? You know, I've heard of people getting called out on that um, by state governments, but it's pretty un, pretty uncommon. So um, nonetheless, it is technically illegal. So uh, in, in most states, at least. Uh, so all, all that to be said, uh, one thing that I will ask people is, uh, okay, what are the foods that you don't want? You know, and I, I used to offer a list, but it just wasn't comprehensive enough. Um, and what I'm just going to say is instead, you know, write in anything that you just don't want, like think of all the things that you don't want to eat. And then let me know. The problem with that is, okay, then I write the meal plan and like, Oh, I forgot to mention, I really don't like this, this, or this either. I'm like, Oh, fuck me. Okay, cool. So, um, no big deal. It's my job. I can handle it. I'm a pro. Uh, but when they give me that list, like, here are the things that I don't like. Okay, that goes in the plan. Like, that list of foods goes in the plan under, you know, dietary limitations. This is what we're looking to avoid. And sure, sometimes I forget that. Uh, when I'm making dietary uh, revisions, I don't, you know, there are some times where I forget to reference back to that. Um, just because I'm like, oh, yeah, someone has an aversion to coconut oil. I forgot about that. It's not something that usually comes up. So it's not something that I, I write in all the time either, but I'm like, oh, that's what we need here. That'll help. Good. All right. No, can't do that. Oh, shit. Okay. So it happens. But yeah, when you're first writing up the plan, I think it's pretty easy to avoid uh, those foods where you just asked for that list and then it's like, okay, cool. And the funny thing, Aaron, was you said um, also during peak week, it was an overload on chicken. And I was thinking, man, how funny would that be if you're actually a vegetarian and you get a meal plan where it's chicken six times a day? That that would have been a really funny coach story. I would have loved that. Um, and then no idea what to do on show day and where, where you're going. And we'll hear more about this in a second, I think, um, about 
coaches will often see, and I talked, this is kind of a tangent to what came up in uh, our conversation about Novadex on Friday, where, you know, there's that one coach who's like, if you're not going to take it, I'm not going to work with you, which of course is preposterous. Um, but a lot of coaches, for whatever reason, they feel like they really only want to work with people who have really, really high like genetic potential to succeed in this, which is dumb. The whole point is, you know, bodybuilding, whoever it is that wants to do it, you make it work for him. It, it's not, you know, you, you can't be in the business of picking winners and losers as a coach and say, I only want to work with people that already look like they can win because that's fucking easier for you to do. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. I would love it if everybody came to me thinking like, oh God, I'm so out of shape. And they look like they're six weeks away from stepping on a national level stage rare that that happens when it does happen i will kick my hands kick my head back throw my hands behind my head kick my feet up and be like oh yeah we got this that is so rare and if i was gonna just rely on those kind of people um yeah i, I wouldn't have a whole lot to do um so the idea is uh, i think realistically the people who are not genetically gifted towards it, who, you know, they want to pe compete in bikini, but they don't have just that tiny little frame size and bone structure. They're going to have to bust their ass to make it work. Um, I, I'm a big fan of giving everybody equal treatment, but I think those people probably need a little extra handholding and a little extra care in their plan and just a little extra, you know, oomph and kick in the butt in order to make it happen. Um, because uh, part of it also is, I think most in most cases, you know, somebody body dysmorphia works in all ways. But I think mostly, you know, it, when you look at the people that are winning shows in bikini, you look at yourself and you're like, okay, I don't have that tiny little frame size, but I think I can do it. Like, you know, I can't walk around being that lean all the time, but I think I can. I think I can pull it off, and I think I can make it happen for a show, and then try and minimize the rebound a little bit. You know what? That person needs somebody who believes in them way more than they believe in themselves as a coach. And I think that's only fair, and I think that's only right to expect. So, um, we're going to go back to Aaron here and get the rest of that uh, that thought in a supplemental follow up here. It's Aaron again. Got cut off because my story was too long, but I'm almost done. I promise. Anyway, so had that coach realized and given me the time of day, he would have found that I was willing to work my ass off to try this. It was something I was super interested in. Well, since then, he's done a lot of really shady shit towards me, and I've really questioned him as a person. And another very well-known trainer in our area told me some very eye-opening, revealing stuff about this guy that makes you go, Oh, that explains a lot. Anyways, back my demotivational coach story, and it's made me very um, skeptical of a lot of coaches that just come out and they're like, oh, yeah, and you can tell that all their shows have, like, or all the shows, like, in the area have all of their girls or guys um, competing and very few non with that coach. Um, anyways, hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, these are uh, messages where I listen to that, and I'm like, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the industry that I have chosen to work in for some reason, uh, populated by ass clowns and douchebags, which I think that right there, I need to make a note of it, that will be the title of my book whenever I write it, Ass Clowns and Douchebags. Um, yeah, that's a winner. I like that. I'm rolling with that. Um so you get a coach that's throwing around shady shit, talking about people behind their back. Here's the thing. Like, I've got a platform here where, and I've thought about this before. Like, what would happen 
if a client like publicly called me out on something that I did, whatever it was, I don't even know what it could be. Cause you know, honestly, I, I try to be a professional about it and I, I do my best for everybody that I can. And you know, there are sometimes where it just doesn't work out for somebody. And, you know, we, we had an episode back here a while where I, I aired out some dirty laundry that, you know, all of those stories that I passed on were at least a couple years old. Like I sat on those for a long time and I'm like, here we go. Let me just get this shit out because uh, it's kind of humorous more than anything else. Not like I had a score to settle or anything like that. Uh, and uh, what, it, what it comes down to, I think, is, you know, I'm thinking about how would I respond if somebody decided that they wanted to, you know, attack me for whatever reason. And I'm like, you know, I have my clients uh, sign a, a confidentiality agreement and uh, that goes both ways. So if they want to talk about something that's like in their plan or whatever, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, say what you want. Like, I might defend myself a little bit, but uh, I'm not going to engage in a food fight with somebody. Uh, or like start slinging shit back and forth. Uh, and I have a platform here, not like I have a million subscribers on this podcast or anything like that, but you know, if I wanted to go to town on somebody, I could do it. And probably just by virtue of the fact that I've got an audience here that listens to me, I think people would be on my side, even if maybe they shouldn't be, I don't know. I'm not saying that that's right, but, uh, it would just be about, you know, me feeling good about myself for whatever reason. I just don't find that necessary. I don't find it productive. And it's just not what I'm about. I would rather say, you know what, you got a beef with me? Email me. You want to do it publicly? I'm going to defend myself, but I'm not going to disparage you to do it. I'm going to say, that's incorrect. That did not happen. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, because confidentiality. I'm going to say, that did not happen. I'm not going to say, this is what actually happened. Because confidentiality. It, just, it doesn't work that way. And I don't know. If that situation actually came about, maybe I would feel compelled to get into the specifics. Because... I guess it could be argued if they're breaching confidentiality, then I can too. I don't know. I don't really, I just hope it never happens. So far, I've been doing this full time, nonstop, online exclusively for six years. I feel pretty comfortable that, uh, you know, knock on wood, that we can continue for another six, same way. That was me, Taz. I was knocking on my desk. That wasn't anybody at the door. Jeez, this dog, he is, he is on edge. He had a good day yesterday. So, um, I mentioned we went out for our anniversary dinner. Well, he got some some really fancy steak leftovers for dinner that night. That was Saturday night. And then Sunday, what happened? Um, we, oh yeah, we went out for, uh, we went to Home Depot yesterday. So we took him for a car ride, which he loves that more than anything. And we, we took him into Home Depot. So we got to walk around. He was strutting around like he owned the place. He was loving that. Um, he found a piece of popcorn because, you know, they have popcorn at Home Depot. And he's such a good boy. He walked up to it and he sniffed it. And then he looked back at us like, is it okay? Can I have that? And we said, yes, eat it. And it was stale. So we like spat it back out. Um, <laughs> picky dude. <laughs> you give, you give a dog some steak and so then suddenly stale popcorn isn't so appealing anymore. Um, and then uh, he got a good walk in the afternoon. He got a little play time. So he, he had a good day yesterday. So you just chill the hell out, bro. It's all good. Okay. We got more messages. Um, man, we're, we're not going to even come close to getting through all these. Whew, I'm going to try it, though. I mean, we're going to do what we can. We're not going to get there, but we're going to try it. What's next? What's up, Darren? It is Aaron yet again from the great state of Oklahoma. I'm only over here trying not to drown in the amount of rain that we've gotten in the last month and a half. Anyways, so I thought I'd call in and give you my thoughts and opinion on uh, waist trainers. Not that you want it or care, but I'm still going to put it out there because I'm giving you stuff to talk about, right? 
personally, the I don't like calling them waist trainers because, like, I am not training my waist to be smaller. Um, it's not a corset to me. Um, I call them, like, stomach wraps because that's what it is in my mind. But I like to use mine from Steel Fit USA because after I take it off, it doesn't look absolutely disgusting and gross. I used to use one from Walmart. It was, like, the Gold Gym brand, and it was absolutely disgusting and, like, horrible. But I only like to use it when I'm doing my cardio because I love the feeling of sweating. And for some reason, like, in my mind, it is not a good workout if I do not sweat, like, or a good cardio workout if I do not sweat. And the, the steel fit waist trainer helps me sweat even more on top of the sweating I was already doing. And so it makes me personally feel very accomplished and like I actually got something out of it, even though I know the logistics behind it. Anyways, by the way, not a steel fit, like, sponsored athlete or associate or anything. It's just the one that I use and I really like. Here's my thoughts and opinions for you. I hope you have a great day. And as of currently, you are on your vacation, so I hope it's fantastic. See ya. Okay, and with that, Aaron is now officially the new co-host of the drop set. Congratulations, Aaron. Um, your gift bag is in the mail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for what it's worth, honorary title only. So uh, yeah, uh, boy, I need to. I should make up some some t-shirts. The drop set honorary co-host, something like that. I don't know. Uh, so waist trainers or or stomach wraps, whatever you want to call it. Here's the thing: a waist trainer is a corset because they are fastened with hooks. Uh, if you're using a stomach wrap, like a sweat belt, which is kind of what it sounds like to me, um, it will wrap around and have like a Velcro attachment. The waist trainers actually have like a physical, mechanical fashion, fastening uh, mechanism on them. So, And they are very much exactly like corsets. So uh, if you're using a stomach wrap or a sweat belt, I mean, you know my opinion on that. You know, My opinion is don't kid yourself into thinking that you're working harder just because you're wearing something that's designed to make you sweat without impacting your heart rate. And you, you totally get that from the sound of it. Um, just like, you know, it feels more productive to sweat more. I get that. For me, it feels more disgusting to sweat more. So what I'd be looking for is a device that would allow me to sweat less. That is what I want. So if anybody wants to invent that device, maybe it's like a water-cooled um, uh, water cooled tank top or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that would be great. Uh, I would love that. Uh, I, I, I can't stand sweating, which I know it's like, dude, why are you a bodybuilder and a bodybuilding coach if you don't like sweating? Well, you know what? I don't like stuff on my hands, which is why I don't like to wash my hands with soap either because it's like slimy. I don't like the act of putting it on there. I don't like the act of like wiping it in and then rinsing it off. It's like I can't get off me fast enough. Yeah, I'm very particular about shit. I know that. I'm a weird motherfucker. Okay, I get it. I can handle that. You can call me whatever names you like. I can take it. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't like sweating. Like I was doing legs today. I was keeping my rest periods pretty low and it's sweating. I'm like, God, I hate this so much. Like the leg day is fine. It's the sweating. The, ugh, no, I don't like it. I don't, I don't. So I think you're weird. I think you're a psycho, but that's okay. That's not a judge. Well, it is totally a judgment. <laughs> I was about to say, I think you're a psycho. No offense. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's more of a sweat belt. And so you'll find um, 
you know, you'll find those uh, capsaicin-based products that are, are creams that you can rub on that are supposed to accentuate that as well. And again, uh, as far as like, you know, targeted localized fat loss, I don't buy it. As far as like targeted localized um, uh, thermic effect, yeah, it makes your skin hotter so you're going to sweat more. Again, that's not productive in and of itself. If it makes you feel more productive, and therefore maybe because of that you grind a little harder on your cardio session, that's good. I think it's every bit as possible also that, and I'm just throwing this idea out there for you or anyone else to think about this and at least consider the possibility that if you have a product that's doing the sweating for you, maybe you aren't going to work as hard. It's a possibility. I don't know that it's likely, but I, I know that for some people, um, I mean, if I had a product that made me sweat harder, I certainly would probably dial back my effort a little bit because I don't want to sweat more on top of that. I don't think I'm like, it's doing all the work. Cool. If I just work harder, it's going to be more and that's going to be gross. No, thanks. I will take a hard pass on that. So I don't know, just throwing out the possibility there. I think most people, I don't know about most. Well, I'll stick with that. I think most people are probably a little bit more hardcore than me when it comes to their ability to tolerate or maybe even embrace that aspect of cardio and training. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I promise I'm picking these at random. It's just uh, Aaron had a lot to say. So I, I have no complaints about that. So we're going to try another one here and see. Um, I don't know. Will this be Aaron or won't it? I'm putting my money's on no. But then again, uh that's not really a fair bet because I saw all the names when these came in the first time. I, I don't see them on the files that I'm dragging in here. I, I, I remember seeing two from Aaron. I didn't remember seeing three. I, I'm pretty sure there were not four. So we're going to go with that. But let's see who we do have here. Hi, Darren. It's Monica again from North Carolina. My question is, what are your thoughts on apple cider vinegar? Uh, I have a few friends that have been taking it, and I, I'm noticing a lot more people taking it. So I'm just curious to know. Your thoughts on it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Monica. My thoughts on apple cider vinegar are uh, is that it uh, it is disgusting, and I could just kind of put a period on that sentence and say next, um, but we can dig in a little bit deeper. So it is used for almost everything. Um, it is ubiquitous these days it is easy to find if you if you google apple apple cider vinegar you will find people that use it to help with their digestion to help with their hair they probably mix it in with car wax to give their car a nicer shine uh you know feed it to your dog to help with its coat what i mean you can find i'm, I'm not recommending that by the way so uh you, you can find people that will use it for anything and everything the problem is most of that stuff um, has not been studied at all. There's no evidence to support it, uh, just anecdotal evidence. And, you know, anecdotal evidence can can work uh, in a few different ways. One thing that I always uh, say when it comes to anecdotal evidence is, you know, we have decades of anecdotal evidence from thousands, uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of bodybuilders worldwide that helps us gauge what is and is not an effective dietary protocol. So these are things that are not necessarily researched specifically for bodybuilding purposes. Um, you know, you can say like, well, we found, you know, this diet promotes a level of fat loss that's greater than this diet. Okay, but what was the training like? What was the cardio like? You know, this is not necessarily in a bodybuilding environment to bodybuilders. So it is not directly applicable necessarily, or at least you can't assume that it is. Uh, with apple cider vinegar, the anecdotal evidence is more like, 
hey, well, my friend did this, and it wor- he said it worked really well, so I'm going to do that too. You know, there, there isn't the mountain of anecdotal evidence for each and every uh, uh, claim of apple cider vinegar that there is for something like, like bodybuilding diets where I find anecdotal evidence to be a little bit more useful. Same thing with, uh, with, with gear and anabolics when it comes to bodybuilding. You know, you're not going to find any clinical research studies talking about what cycle is the best for pre-contest. Those things are not studied. You can't get government funds <laughs> to research something that is illegal. Uh, but nonetheless, you get enough people doing it. You develop enough uh, of a, a uh, base that you know it's not a study, but you can say, well, this this tends to work better for people. This tends to get better results. This tends to do less and less and less. The threshold for this compound being useful seems to be about here. That kind of stuff because it, it can't be researched. It's not going to be researched in a clinical setting. So, um, what what uh, I, I would say, and I'm I'm pulling this. Uh, this is information off WebMD. It's it's not something that I recommend just because um, I find it to be gross. And on the few times I have recommended it, um, I've recommended it to someone and they've said, that's gross, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. So it, it's not a common go-to for me. I had a coach in the past who recommended it, and uh, I used it for a while. I noticed uh, no effects from it. But then again, uh, that coach had me doing everything under the sun, um, supplementation-wise, uh, just over-the-counter stuff. I was, he probably had me spending like two to 300 bucks a month just on, on over-the-counter supplements, and that did not last long. I'm like, dude, what, what of this stuff is really important? He's like, all of it. Okay, and case in point, I'm better shape now than I was back then, and I'm using none of that. So, there you go. Uh, so, uh, clinically, um, there has been some clinical um, evidence that um, it might help reduce obesity. Might. Um, uh, something tells me that that study, which is not linked within this article, might have a whole lot of confounding factors in it. I don't know for sure. Um, and then a, another study found that it impo- improved uh, blood sugar and insulin levels in uh, type 2 diabetics. Uh, so th- those are the only things that have been clinically proven with apple cider, or clinically hinted at um, when it comes to apple cider vinegar. Um, downsides, well, it is acidic, so it can cause uh, damage in the ways that other acids can, teeth, throat, stomach, etc. Um, th- there are other things. Those are the main ones. I mean, you're going to have to really be aggressive with it and overdo it in order to get any of the downsides of the acidity. It's not like it's going to have a significant effect on your, on the pH level in your body. You know, that whole thing about, you know, you alkalize your body to, to help it fight cancer. You, you can't do that. Your body has a very, 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 very narrow pH range in which you can actually be alive. So if you want to try and alkalize your body, that is not something that you can do and stay alive. Yes. If you alkalize your body, you will not get cancer. You'll also not be alive. So it doesn't matter. So uh, that's a silly concept. You can't really adjust your body's pH through what you take in in a significant way. Um, And if you could, it would just make it easier to kill yourself. So that's why you can't do that. Um, So, yeah, not a huge fan. Um, Not something that I recommend just because I also – I tend to uh, apply the path of least resistance argument to most coaching principles, which is to say, how much pushback am I going to get from this? And apple cider vinegar is not one of those things where I feel like making a very strong argument in the four column that would help discount why anybody might not want to take it. You know, it's like, here, take this. Okay, I tried that. It's gross. Why am I taking this? And then here's me like, I don't know. Other people do it, so why not? Uh, And I think 
it can be one of those things where, well, because it's nasty and because it's disgusting, therefore it's got to be good for you. And in bodybuilding, hey, any amount of suffering that we can pack on to what we normally do means that we're going to be improving more, right? Yes, this is an extremely common mindset. I'm not exaggerating. This is why people don't season their foods. This is why people drink way more water than they need to. Why people, you know, use sweat belts, Aaron, for the love of God, <laughs> because... Because if you're suffering more, it must be good, right? Ugh. No, no. Um, I mean, I, I get that. Just to go back to that, I know that you don't view it as suffering. I would view it as suffering. So if I subscribed to that mindset, I would totally do that. I'd wear a sweat belt. I'd wear a sweat headband and sweat knee wraps and sweat ankle wraps and everything. I'd be like, just have it pouring off of me. Just have me actually doing my cardio with my elliptical inside a little kitty swimming pool to catch all my sweat that's coming off because motherfucker, bring it. Oh, yeah, because I'm hardcore. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not that hardcore. I'm not. I'm not even going to pretend. So, um, Monica, there is your long-winded rambling answer on apple cider vinegar, which is to say, meh. I, I don't feel strongly about it. And also, I've had um, people say, hey, I, I, I take this every night. Should I continue doing that? I'd be like, sure. And then if I'm really feeling adventurous, I might say, why are you taking it every night? What, what are you hoping it's going to do for you? Um, but the only thing that would do is, you know, discourage them from taking it maybe. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's not doing any harm. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, the only harm that it does is it is nasty. So one story on that as well. We were making something for dinner a couple weeks back. And, um, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it called for some kind of uh, – like a distilled white vinegar or something like that. And we were out of it. And my wife's like, well, you have apple cider vinegar. And I'm immediately like, Ooh, I think that's going to be a bad idea. Uh, I don't don't know how I feel about that. She's like, it's fine. You know, there's so much other stuff in this mix. Um, we'll get the vinegar properties, but the, the strong taste will just get diluted. And you know, she is very adventurous when it comes to cooking. You know, me, I'm getting out the food scale. I'm measuring everything. She is just totally like eyeballing it. That's about right. This is good. And she cooks like a southerner. That's how, how most southerners cook. I think it's just like me. Yeah. This is how grandma used to do it. So we're just going to mix this in here. A little bit of that, a little bit of this, you know, a little bit of spit. Uh, no, not really. Uh, but, uh, Long story short, whatever it was, it came out. I'm like, I can totally taste the apple cider vinegar in this. <laughs> I absolutely could. Like, yes, it was not so much that it, it I mean, it, it seemed like it should have been diluted, but that shit has such a strong taste. Like, oh, do not underestimate it. Yeah, do not underestimate it. Um, that's all I got time for today, actually. So I'm leaving a little bit in there. And actually, while I was recording this message, I got another voicemail. Um, so uh, that's awesome. I still have a few left over. So, um, but like I said, um, always in the lookout for more. Um, and who knows, maybe if your question is good enough, maybe it can bump out one of these remaining ones. And I know that some of the people who have called in and haven't heard their message yet, they're like, how dare he? I'm like, well, you know, I don't remember what's in these messages. Like I said, I'm just grabbing these at random. I'm not listening to them beforehand. So, um, Anyway, that's what I got. So I appreciate all listening. Hey, one other thing that I will notice here, uh, mention, and I forgot to mention this um, before, but uh, before my vacation, actually, I put up some new products on the website, some new apparel. Um, that This continues the logo collection, the Five Star Physique logo collection. I still do not have anything specifically for the drop set just yet, but I will. Um, but um, I put this up, and it's uh, a collection of... Um, 
logo tanks. They're unisex, but they're also tri-blend fabric, so they're like the really, really kind of soft kind, which is great. They're a little lighter, which is good. There's some different colors in there as well. So there's like a uh, a green, a maroon, like a, a baby blue, um, and so there's some there's some interesting colors in there. Uh, so uh, go check those out if you want. They're they're reasonably priced and uh, reasonable quality as well. They do tend to fit a little on the small side. Either that or I'm just getting a little on the larger side. For a tank, I'll usually get an XL, and I have some other ones on there um, that are uh, some uh, Bella Canvas uh, tanks, and the XLs on there fit fit comfortably. These for the XLs, they feel a little tight, so if I was going to reorder these, I'd probably do a double XL, so just consider that. Um, I think it's uh, these are American Apparel, I think, and uh, so if you go with those, just maybe upsize them just a little bit, so just thought I'd throw that out there. That's all I got, so I'll be back on what's today. Today's Monday. It's July 1st. Oh, yeah. I'll be back on Friday. And like I said, the phone lines are open, 865-518-2974. If you have a question for Dina, for my wife, that you want her to answer about me, or I will extend that if you want her thoughts on something bodybuilding in general, um, because she is not a bodybuilder. She, she knows a little bit about it. She's seen like, you know, pictures of my clients and stuff and she has thoughts on things. So, uh, and if you would like to hear some of her thoughts and ask her some questions, please do. And especially during the summer, cause she's on vacation as a teacher right now. So, uh, during the summer, uh, she can make some regular guest appearances on here and offer some thoughts. So I'd be uh, very curious and a little scared to hear what, uh, questions you might have for her. So once again, 865-518-2974. Appreciate y'all listening. I will catch up with you again on Friday. 